campl.ca newsroom for this week marty thompson and charlie o'connor clark the newsroom now half based in manitoba half based in ontario <laughs> i've made it to winnipeg uh people keep asking me how it is i don't know i haven't been able to leave the hotel room so <laughs> stop asking me i i i don't want to pass judgment right yeah yeah i mean i'm, I'm sure that it's great out there <laughs> But you wouldn't know yet. I see it. I mean, it seems it seems seems all right to me. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to get out and see a bit more of it here uh, as the kickoff looms. I mean, it's eight days away, which is crazy to think about as we're recording this on Friday. Uh, the first game's kicking off on Saturday. Before we get to the CPL, though, we've got to talk about the Canadian men's national team. You've seen it. You watched the game. You've read about it. Um, I'm not sure exactly where to start here. Canada beating Haiti three to nil. Uh, in the second leg, 4-0 on aggregate in the second round of World Cup qualifying to make it to the final stage. Now, the Octagon, that final stage, the first time they've made it uh, since the 1998 World Cup cycle, obviously in a bid to qualify for the World Cup for the first time since 1986, which most Canadians just seem to know off the top of their head at this point. Um, that was a bizarre, that second leg was a bizarre game for a couple of reasons, and we'll get to the big one <laughs> in a bit. Yeah. But that let's just put this into perspective right in in a couple of days removed we've been writing mm -hmm. quite a bit on the site like you know this is just such a big moment for canada and and i mean coming through the time of like coming through a pandemic you know with no fans and it's happened and it's moving on and you know maybe now it's just time to to look forward right yeah it uh it felt really good man <laughs> didn't it yes like i yes, think it did i think there was kind of a cathartic element to that game just to see Canada come in with so much pressure and the, the first bit of the game was a little bit nervy and then eventually they just grow into it and they dominate and and by the end of it, it really wasn't in doubt at all. And, and I think this is probably the first time we can say that this generation of the national team has accomplished something, which mm -hmm. is, which is really good. Like they have something to show for all this talent and stuff that they have on paper Finally, I mean, they've done something that they haven't done in 20 years uh, and it, it really felt like they'd accomplished something. And yeah, I know that they haven't faced the biggest tests that they're going to yet. Like they played Haiti and, and Suriname and as tough as those games were, they'll be a lot more difficult down the road. But it still felt on, on Tuesday night that something had shifted, like it felt like this team had actually done something. And it, you could definitely see it in the players and the way they reacted after the game. And it just felt like a big deal. <laughs> see, you watch the own goal in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And that 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 goal has since gone viral. I know one soccer is posting that their, their Twitter video has like millions and millions of views at this point. And like that was such a that was such a, you know, a polarizing moment for many people watching. But and you know, I I I don't mean to 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 slack on the goalkeeper or anything like that because this is all just like from a very like top level perspective. There was just something about that where that would happen to Canada. Yeah, that would that would have that of course that like you would it would make you just say of course, but like mm -hmm. for some reason it was just tilted the other way, right? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I thought when it first happened. Like, yeah, I I am more used to being on the other end of that. It, <laughs> I think. I would feel a lot worse about it if a if Canada hadn't been deserving of a goal from that game, and b if they hadn't scored a bunch more or two more real ones after it. Yes, yes, uh, of course. It definitely made it a lot easier to swallow. I mean, the 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 poor goalkeeper had a great game for the most part. Other like outside of that, I mean, he got shoved into the starting role because the starter couldn't 
get into the country due to visa issues, right? Johnny Johnny Placide was has always been the starter for Haiti for a while, mm. and this guy comes in, young guy, born in Montreal, uh, and he plays a great first half. He had that triple body save on Jonathan David. Um, all, all going into his left shoulder, he just yeah. kept popping it. It was, yeah. it was cool to see. Yeah, uh, and then you like you never feel great when you see that happen to a guy, and I'm sure that it'll stick with him for a really, really long time. But I mean, did you did you did you laugh or cry? Because I I cried, like I cringed immediately, and I uh, <laughs> I it honestly kind of happened when I was sort of looking away for a second like i kind of looked back and the ball's in the net uh so i didn't really register just what had happened till i saw a couple of the replays um and at first it's like oh my god we scored canada scored wow and then <laughs> i was like oh no uh that poor guy but then you kind of think about it and you're like it's not like canada does, doesn't really deserve to be up one nothing right yeah exactly and and, and as, as i said you know, I was kind of spending that next 10, 15 minutes being like, all right, Canada, please score another goal so that that's not how this happens. And they did, and it was fine. Kyle Lahren <laughs> and Junior Hoyle finding the net, making yeah. it all okay, making Canadians at least uh, be able to be relaxed and be able to properly embrace the win. Um, mm-hmm. You wrote a great piece for KPL.ca, Charlie. Just why not us was yeah. what you pitched to us in the group chat that night when everyone was pretty riled up i think uh, <laughs> to be fair um and and it, it was going into the octagon you know this is this is going to be a tough group you know obviously you have the u.s and mexico costa rica you know panama honduras and then el salvador i believe it's jamaica as well and have i said panama i think i said panama mm-hmm. um so it's coming into a tough group but you know you, you can't help but look at this i think they Canada outscored opponents 37 to one in these, in these games, you know, it's, it's a different Canada. Everyone will tell you that in, in every respect. So why not us? Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the only way you can look at it. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously you're going into this eight team gauntlet. Uh, not a single one of these results will be easy or, or given to you, but I mean, Canada's got the talent. Canada Canada has as much talent as maybe any of these teams on paper. Right? Yeah. Players playing at higher levels than than on a consistent basis than pretty much any of these teams. Obviously, when you get into CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, that's not always what decides a game. Right? It's it's very difficult to play in these in these environments. I mean, Canada hasn't been down to play on the road in Mexico or Honduras in about five years. Uh, and it's they're never easy places to to go and even to get a draw. Um, but, you know, if if you kind of game it out, you look at the the kind of I think I think it is kind of a consensus that maybe a 22, 23 point threshold from 14 games would probably see you into the top four. Uh, you, you, you start getting into these kind of mathematical situations You're like, OK, well, if if you win five of your home games, say you you spot oh you spot a loss to mexico at home and maybe you can draw the united states then you only need a few more results on the road man it's it's not at all out of the question and and i think it's going to be really exciting to see at least canada fight for it pointed out by a few in 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 the in in after the game was that canada is going to play the u.s and mexico away in their first two away games 
which, yeah, that's probably a good idea just to get those two big games out of the way. Mm-hmm. What, okay, I did the math last night and, you know, you're, you were talking about point thresholds and everything. And just for a bit of context, Canada, 7, 10 and 13 against these seven teams in the last 10 years. Seven wins, 13 losses, 10 draws, which really isn't even that bad. To be honest, I was expecting to go back and find that that, that, that the results would be a lot worse. But, you know, mm. when it comes down to it, though, if we're talking about trying to finish in that top three, obviously top three make a World Cup, four uh, goes through an intercontinental playoff. Canada's only beat, we'll put Costa Rica in the top three. Uh, they've only beat a top three team once in the last 10 years. And that was against the U.S. Uh, yeah. in, in, in 2019. This does... Again, this is a classic. Uh, this is a classic Canadian men's national team sort of theory, and something that's been said over and over again. This feels different. It feels different. Yeah. You, you can't deny that. You can't deny that to anybody watching this team, um, or, or or who's been following it for long enough that this just flat out feels different to everyone. And the second round, or third round rather, starts in September. No rest for the wicked. What? There's there's f- there's five windows, three games each except for a two-game yeah. window in November. It's going to be wild to see how this one plays out. It is going to be absolutely just insane. <laughs> every every few weeks, you'll be like, oh, Canada's back, and they're playing three make-or-break massive games. It'll also be you know, in the fall, depending on COVID situations and, and whatnot. We don't know where these games will be played in Canada, hopefully in Canada. Uh, we don't know what the environments will be like down in, in the road games. There's a lot of variables, but man, it's going to be exciting. So Canada opens uh, the Octagon hosting Honduras on Thursday, September 2nd. United States versus Canada uh, going down to the States. Uh, the, uh, Canada will be on Sunday, September 5th. And then Canada will host El Salvador in that first window in September. And then it's October, November, January, February, and then March. And then we'll figure out who's going to the World Cup in Qatar. Okay, let's switch to the CPL. We're going back to return to the stage presented by Volkswagen Canada, moving west to east as we preview the kickoff uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, starting, as we mentioned, uh, in just over a week. Everyone's talking about Volkswagen's all-new compact SUV, the fun-loving, always-game 2022 Taos. Unfortunately, you're all saying it wrong. It's not the Taos or Taos or Taos. And if you think it's the Toes, Toss or Toast, then come on, you're not even trying. It's Volkswagen's all new, perfectly sized compact SUV, Taos. And it rhymes with house. Now you're ready to visit VW.ca or your Volkswagen dealer to learn more. Volkswagen. Let's go to FC Edmonton. We got a preview there preseason so far. Um, Alan Koch, those birds are really chirping. That's, that's they're really going hard. <laughs> I love that, but that's not that's not in my hotel room. That has to be at Charlie's place. I think so. Trying to move um, the mic away from them. That's all right. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's all right. Um, so let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about the Eddie. So Alan Koch, obviously the big story coming in replacing Jeff Paulus. Mm-hmm. Um, team has been 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 made up, you know, in his image in, in many respects. Maybe that. What's your big question for this FC Edmonton team coming into uh, coming into Winnipeg? Yeah, they're. Uh... They're going to be a very interesting team this year because obviously there is a lot of change and, and we have no idea how Alan Koch kind of envisions his team playing uh, and whether whether he's going to be building around, you know, around Easton Ungaro in his attack, which it kind of feels like that's how this is set up. Um, 
the big question for this team for me might be in the center of midfield. Uh, I'm not sure who the kind of the the anchor of this team is at the moment. I mean, it could be whether it's Kyle Porter going into a more central role or, or Shamit Shom. Uh, but a lot of these guys that they've brought in have a lot of versatility and mm-hmm. have played a lot of different positions in their careers. So I'm really not sure what the plan is for a lot of them. Um, and a lot of them are, are younger and, and so on. I mean, Thomas Geraldo is is another one that can play a lot of different midfield positions. And he's 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 younger, but he might have a bigger role. It's it's just really hard to look at this list of players that Edmonton has and place them in an 11 at the moment mm-hmm. because I just don't know really what the vision is for a lot of these players because a lot of them are talented but they're all very versatile and I don't I'm not really sure well I we were just talking before we hit record here Edmonton has maybe like the best I'm gonna say spine of the league if you think about going from Amir Didich to Shemi Choum to Ethan Ongaro like that, like the, those three players in those three positions, like could could match any team in this league. But you're right; it's those other pieces that maybe leave people asking questions. I, I think I think this team is full of questions right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I'm not sure how quickly we'll we'll get answers to them. But uh, I, and I'm not I'm not trying to disparage the team. I think that there is no, a no. lot of talent on this roster. Uh, there's just a lot of variables and moving pieces that it's hard to really get a, get a read on them. I mean, we don't know what Alan Koch is like as a coach uh, in the CPL, at least uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of players here that we know are good at this level. I mean, Frazier aired was, was pretty good for Valor last year. I would expect him mm-hmm. to be a pretty important piece of this attack, but uh, just in general, I, I Edmonton's a very interesting team for me at the moment because I'm just, I've said it so many times now, but I'm just not sure. And they're they're coming into Winnipeg on Monday. Uh, their first game, they're they're opening the kickoff in Winnipeg against Ottawa uh, on on Saturday, um, on on the opening day on Saturday on the 26th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So that's going to be really our first our first look, and it might be it might be Alan Koch's as well, depending how uh, if they've been able to play friendlies out there. I don't think they have been able to even like even earlier in the spring. So, um, all right, I guess we'll, we'll learn very soon. Okay. Valor <laughs> FC, Valor FC, that lots of, lots of interesting stuff around Rob Gale's team as always. Um, <laughs> what's your, what's your big question? Actually, we're, we're working on a, we're working on a fan series. I, I, I haven't, I haven't told you this, Charlie, but we're working on a fan series where we're talking to supporters groups to, to offer a hundred word pitches, uh, to neutral fans to support their team. Um, right. which is great. Uh, and the Valor one is just littered with Rob Gale quotes. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, oh, oh, just be on the lookout for that on the website in the coming days. Um, so Valor technically joins the bubble on Monday. So they're actually going to have to come into to the hotel and come into the sequestered environment, and get tested and all that. But they've been training. They've been training at IG Field. They're going to be at home. What's your big question around this team right now? Uh, for this team, my, my biggest question might be up front in the, the kind of number nine role, because there's a lot of new guys coming in that I'm not sure quite which is going to be the guy to score the goals. I mean, Daryl Fordyce is still here, but we've got Jared Aloha coming in and, and uh, Sean Ray and William Accio. I don't know a lot about many of these players. Uh, 
and I'm kind of interested to see which one of them is going to be sort of the talisman in the middle of the attack, kind of the the striker, the number nine guy that's going to score the goals. I think it has to be Austin Ritchie, won't it? Yeah, that's that's that was kind of the next name that I think yeah. is coming up. Who had you know a, a pretty good Island game. He didn't score a goal, but he was always good on the ball and he looked hungry. And you have to think that he'll find that breakthrough pretty soon. And it sounds like he might be given that leash to find that goal this time around again, right? So I would be interesting to see if that's kind of how this how this plays out. But yeah, I think my biggest question for Valor is where the goals come from. And they're a bit thin at the back right now. Um, you know, they brought in Rodrigo Reyes, who came out of Chivas, which is a, a, a very intriguing signing. And, you know, it looks like he'll be ready to go for the kickoff. Um, mm-hmm. And there are, you know, they've obviously have Andrew Jean-Baptiste there heard that Arnold Bukamutu is still having some visa troubles in France. So, you know, you might not have him to play sort of a, you know, to play, to play a fullback role. I mean, Tony McHale is their, their U sports uh, draft pick. They signed out of Carlton. I don't know. I just like, Oh, I just named all the, the, you know, the, I guess the proper name def- defenders on this team. They've still got Frederico Pena who can play there, you know, Brett Levi as well. But yeah, I just worried about this, uh, this team. Did you see that thing on campiel.ca about uh, Rafa Heen becoming an attacking threat? Yeah, that's cool. They, that's... Yeah, I'm, yeah. Rob, Rob Gale's talking about wanting to work on his finishing here in in in, in the preseason. He said he's been looking good at, at scoring goals, so maybe play him as like a ten. He he can play anywhere. Yeah, he <laughs> pretty much can, and I think he's he's pretty much up for anything. Just he's one of those guys that you you point at a, a spot on a pitch, and you're like, "That's your position." He's like, "Okay, okay, coach." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I. I'm not, I think it, I think on, on the face of it, the kind of starting line of this defense is pretty good. I mean, depending mm-hmm. on, depending on uh, what the situation is with Bukamutu, but uh, yeah, there's not necessarily a whole ton of depth. I think maybe this might, that might be a position where you look to maybe fill in a, a last minute signing or something like that, just to have a little bit more in the bank if, if you need it. Uh, I think the Valor's always got this kind of weird situation around the fullbacks where they have actually a ton of guys on their roster who can play in the fullback positions. I mean, Rafael Gallardo won uh, yes, that's right. yes. team of the year right back in Brazil like four years ago, five years ago. Uh, but apparently he's here to be a midfielder. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, again, defending was Valor's strength last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they yep. had they had Julian Dunn in the mix. He's not around this time, but they still got a lot of the same pieces. They still got the same midfield defensive pieces for the most part mm-hmm. to to kind yep. of just win the ball back and and put the pressure on. So I I'm actually you know the more I look at this Valor roster, I'm pretty intrigued by it, and I think they could actually be a sneaky, pretty good team this year. I think they might have yeah they might have one of the best international courts in the league, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I this might be an exception. I guess we'll see how much how much they can get a home field advantage in Winnipeg. But uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, already being in the hotel for for a day, I'm not sure exactly how much that could be. A home <laughs> you can again, you can see the city. You can't touch it. You can't interact with it. Uh, okay, uh, Valor opens the kickoff on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern time against Forge FC. 
then uh, that'll be quite a test. We'll be talking about Forge uh, next week on uh, on Return to the Stage presented by Volkswagen Canada. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Forge around the CPL documentary, Rise Above, premiering on Sunday night. If you If you didn't already know, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we got advanced copies of this thing. Nice, nice, tight 48 minutes talking about the Island Games, um, the 2020 CPL season. Lots of great footage out of that. We were just talking before we hit record here. What's your, what was your favorite moment? Because I've got, I've got one. Because <laughs> I've got a couple that come to mind. Like I really like when you know there's a bunch of behind the scenes footage in this thing. You have to watch it. Like. They mm-hmm. get Bobby Smirniotis talking to to the Forge players before the la- the second last game against Cavalry when they needed to win to move on, and then obviously the final. Um, and he goes on this speech about great civilizations go to war and go to battle. That Forge FC is here by a great civilization. I don't know. It was just a great <laughs> speech. I just loved it. Yeah, it was a great speech. I was a little confused by the metaphors, but it was a very good speech. <laughs> it uh, made sense. My, I mean, it's all about yeah. just believability at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really cool look inside, you know, what the bubble was like and what these sort of team environments were like in their, you know, little, every team had their own little room that they decorated themselves and, and so on. Uh, my favorite part was definitely uh, David Edgar and Kyle Becker trying to do a crossword together in their room. Um, was that like <laughs> struggling Moby with, Dick? Is that like Moby yeah. Dick's like enemy in the book or something? Or... Struggling with, uh, yeah, with the question about, yeah, the question was like Moby Dick's foe and they were trying to figure out if the answer was Orca. Uh, I don't, I, maybe I thought, I thought it was Ahab haven't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I think they, they showed, <laughs> I think the best part about that scene is that they showed David Edgar on his phone later and you just yeah. see his eyes light up. So he totally just Googled it, which was, yeah. you know, they asked, they asked Max and Tiso as well, but he had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> anyways, anyways, make sure to watch that Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, broadcasting live on campyl.ca. So sw- switch over to the website. You'll see it there waiting for you. Okay, we're going to close this out with a with a kit review with the Kitsman. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it that vague to start. We're talking about the 2021 uh, CPL community kits produced uh, by Macron. Lots of hot takes about kits here coming up for the 2021 season. Okay, we'll see everybody on Monday. So you think you know kits. We all think we know kits to a certain extent. Josh Chapman knows kits better than you. <laughs> all right, so don't so don't come don't come in here, don't come in here. Charlie's already he's already moved away from the mic. Don't come in here and think that you know what you're talking about. We brought in Josh from the Kitsman, as you can see uh, on on the uh, on on his name tag. Uh, well, how would you describe this? Like a blog? Like I, you know, I, I've seen your Twitter account. Is you know, you post quite a bit about kits. Like, give us a bit about yourself and why you know so much about kits. Yeah, so um, it's sort of started off as sort of like an idea to sort of get like a nice sort of social media account going. I done a few failed attempts. I've done a few TV and movie ones. I like TV and films. Who doesn't? Um, but I always had that passion for football shirts. And I just remember one day casually just going through Netflix and I saw the Kingsman. And then I looked behind me and I had my um, my rail shirts. And I just had that sort of light bulb moment. And I just thought, Kits, Kings, oh my God, Kitsman. That's, <laughs> that's like a great alias. So um, what I did was I just came up with a quick logo on Illustrator, um, popped it on the old Twitter. 
Um, and then just started talking to people about my love of football shirts. I just said, these are my shirts in my collection. These are where I find them. Uh, these yeah. are where yeah. you will want to go to find them as well. Um, you know, they're not as expensive as you think they are. Um, I wasn't going to be like an influencer. That is not what I was aiming <laughs> to be. I wasn't because there's a tag attached to that. And I was like, no way is that ever happening. But Josh, Josh, I, I'm going to stop you right there. You are now an influencer. Congratu- <laughs> congratulations. Oh, well, well, hey. You said it, not me, man. So, uh, <laughs> and for those and for those listening to this segment, you have an Athletic Ottawa kit on. How did you get this one? Why'd you pick this one? An away kit from from twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, got speaking to the league. Um, just really interested in it. Um, ever since your inaugural year, where there was that kit launch in the church, and I was mm. like, this is amazing. It's a catwalk as well, and I was like. <laughs> This needs to happen everywhere and more people need to know about it. So I just got like a really cool sort of interest in the league. And I thought to myself, this needs to be sort of like broadcast to as many people as I can broadcast it to. And sure enough, um, Mickey Bernadetti and um, David Clanigan, like the commissioner, was just sort of like really open in arms and like saying, no, Josh, really interested in what you do. And they just sent me a few jerseys. Um, you know, I've got a few shirts here. Um, oh, wow. from, uh, I've got Valor and I've got all, all of the ones really. And I just really think that it's so cool. I, I just love the different designs. I like the fact that, you know, all the sort of um, uh, uh, sort of city uh, like um, I don't know, attract not attractions. You've got landmarks uh, you put on your away shirt, so when you go and travel, you're taking a part of your sort of city away with you. And I think things like that, I haven't seen that before. And I've yeah, I just want to sort of celebrate as much as I can. I mean, we 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 get this with the community kits, which we're here to review, of course. Um, 2021 CPL community kits, obviously produced all by by Macron. So at least to start the season in Winnipeg these teams will be playing in these kits away from fans. So they're bringing something uh, with them on the field. We're going to yeah. go kit by kit, and it's all about reviews. We're going to need hot takes here from Charlie, especially. Oh, no. We're going <laughs> to go west to east. We'll start with Pacific FC. Um, maybe, Char- Charlie, let's start with you. I think you like this one, don't you? So it's a lot of pressure for me to be sitting here and giving my opinions when they uh, clearly are not not the expert opinions on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like this kit though. I like I like the I like the, uh, the darker purple. I think it's darker than any of the other uh, Pacific kits we've seen. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm always I'm always a fan of a collar. It's a, kind of an interesting neck shape. I'm not so sure about that, but you know, I, I think I, I really just I do like the darker purple on this one. Josh, yeah, same here. Um, I yeah. did like it. I like the evolution from last season as well. Um, I, I kind of like what you what they're doing there as well with like because Pacific I'm guessing is on is, is that is on the coast right? Yes, yeah, yeah it's yes. Victoria, British Columbia. My guessing is is that is the sort of swirl or the um, the waves or something to do with water in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that is ace. I live for those sorts of things. I also Charlie love a bit of a collar, bit of a silver yeah. for a collar. So um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just think it works well. It's not um fussy it is subtle in design as well mm-hmm. i think it's just a, a nice shirt okay we're gonna we're gonna have to fire through these quickly because we've got to get to this tier list uh okay valor fc josh classic yeah. right yeah nice half and half um love the uh, sort of maroon and white um not enough of them around and i love the gold uh sort of like finishes on it as well that was one of my favorites when it got launched 
Oh, sorry. We, we've, we've gone out of order here. Maybe we'll switch up to uh, FC Edmonton here. Um, Charlie, this one's, this one's denim. It's this denim. one's denim. It's I love based, it. based off of Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton uh, famously uh, was a big denim producer and jeans. I so didn't I, actually know that, but that's really cool. <laughs> it makes sense. Very Canadian. <laughs> yes, it is. And then, of course, we have we have Cavalry FC incorporating some of the green as well. Yeah. Um, red and green is like you know that's this is maybe something we can touch on here, Josh. Like red and green together was such a was such an intriguing sort of prospect for a team but they've kind of made it work maybe especially yeah. here right yeah broken up with the white i think that's good i think it would be just the green on its own probably might have been a bit lost but with the white it just sort of gives it that nice little uh, uh that little touch yeah I, I like that a lot and then we've got uh we've got forge fc as well with the dragon a big fan with the big fan of the uh with the uh, with the fans is dragon energy uh yeah. <laughs> but i've been loving seeing those which has been great uh this is we got to maybe stick with with York for a bit. This is York United's kit. York uh, just rebranded this offseason just, you know, for for context Josh, but th this kit seems to stick out the most I think out of this bunch, eh? Yeah, cuz it was York 9, wasn't it? I've got um I know you're sort of uh, pushing the time, but yeah, York 9 I think was last season, wasn't it? I like that. This season it's good. I just think it's just a little bit busy. Just a little bit busy. Interesting. Yeah, just a bit tough, maybe a bit too much going on. Um, but I still I still value it as a great shirt. But um I, I've been thinking to myself what I would do different here, but I haven't got an I haven't got an opinion on it yet. Charlie, do you like this one? Uh I'm not sure. I think this is one of those ones that will look better on a on a pitch or and like you know, from a broadcast yeah. angle, I think. And it'll it'll look pretty sharp when they're they're playing. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Okay, fair enough. We've also got um, Ottawa. Yeah. So actually, we, we should touch on this, uh, Josh. Why do you have Why do you have an Ottawa kit? Why do you, Why did you decide to wear this one? Do you have, um, do you have an affinity like for the club? No, yeah, I like it. I like that it's linked to Atletico Madrid. Um, I also like the uh, the badge as well, and also I like the collar on this one, and I like the collar on this one as well. Um, I like the collar on last season's too. It was uh, a <laughs> sort of swap over. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, absolutely love that one. So I like the I like the evolution into what it is now. Of course, and sponsored by uh, Come On as well. We're working closely with an, at the CPL here, moving yeah, forward. Okay, and then we've got to end with uh, with Charlie's favorite in the Halifax Wanderers. Yeah, yeah, man, it's just awesome. The the double blue, the little you know lion. I don't know what you call that watermark. Lion rampart, I believe, is what it's called. It's on the yeah. Nova Scotian flag. Yeah, it. I, I really like this one. You could wear that on a night out. Yeah, in Halifax. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they would love it in You would Halifax. have a great one in Halifax, yeah. Okay, because now, <laughs> all right, with that all being said, we've, we've covered the bases. Now it's time for the hot takes. So we're going to tier these. We're going to rank them. All right. Um, and we're going to start, again, west to east. Uh, Pacific FC, I think this has to be a communal decision between, between the three of us. Where are we thinking? Um, I think it's a, I think it's a, an A to B. I reckon uh, it's somewhere in between there. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, I, a think, B. I think we can. I think we can. Yeah, B is B is pretty safe. Maybe we might need to be a little bit harsh just so that we can separate the, the <laughs> best ones at the top. <laughs> okay, uh, Calgary. I see. It's, it's a very sort of like nice shirt still, though. Um, I, I'd say it's a B too. I don't know what you think, Charlie. I, but think... I think it's a B. Yeah, I think I, I think I, I like Pacifics a little bit better, but I think Cavalry's right in there on the B. 
Calvary yeah. range. Uh, the if Calvary one of them's... one's not that good. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't know what the appeal is. All right, I Marty. Don't. Put it put it put it down then. All right, I'll put it to C. <laughs> Edmonton. <laughs> the I, I I think this I, should be I love this. I love the denim. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> On its own good, but if you dare to wear triple denim with it, then you're going, no, we're not having any of that. Um I'd say an A. A yeah. 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 I like that. I like that. Yeah. It's the it's the Canadian tuxedo. I think I think it'll be with the white shorts, so it'll it'll work out all right. Yeah, right. and yeah. it'll it, yeah. Okay, so Valor. Um, that's an A. Spe- that's an A. Special. It's special. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You, okay. I, yes. So, yes. All right. All right. We're putting it up in the S tier. All right. This this kit is maybe the most unique kit that the CPL has yeah. had in terms I, of like it looks the most memorable, right? I do like this one because it it reminds me of that Aston Villa kit that Jack Grealish yeah. made his debut in. Um, in like 2014 so it's got a it's got a special place in my heart (laughs) even though yeah i mean jack realish doesn't play for winnipeg but okay forge fc (laughs) forge fc yeah i'm still striking you don't get many teams playing orange marty this is is a b this is a b i'm having some troubles with the with the mouse here uh what do you think it's a b i think i think it's a b at worst josh i don't know yeah, I see. I was, I'd flirt between A and B, but I appreciate why it would be a B. Yeah. I think right. also the neckline's quite low. I mean, you're going to be really beating a lot of chest hair. Yeah. <laughs> it does run uh, right between the Forge yeah. and Macron logo. Uh, okay. York United's white kit. Still pretty. Yeah, I'd say you... after. Uh, what do you say, Charlie? Yeah, Josh, you're not, you're not a fan of this one. I would still be okay with it in the C range yeah wow this is bold eh? we're, we're being a little a little bit harsh sometimes but that's i think okay. i think we can it's just we can just it. leave let's just leave the d tier let d tier let's just only do c okay ottawa yes yeah, it's safe in it that i'd say that's um maybe a b or an a um i'd be, I'd be, I'd be comfortable with it in in the a i think in the a, yeah really okay yeah. Then, this one's this one's easy this so last one's easy is this s tier halifax it is for me yeah, oh yeah, 100%. It is for me. Wow. Okay. This is a this is a pretty wow. this we've is got, pretty uh a consensus, eh? We got two in each tier. Okay, yeah, yeah, I guess for those listening, Valor and Halifax uh in the S tier at the very top, Edmonton and Ottawa uh, in the A tier. They're actually going to be opening the kickoff in in a couple in a week or two, which is which is funny. Uh mm-hmm. Pacific and Forge uh, in the B tier, then Cavalry and York in the C tier. This makes sense to me. I think the only thing is I think this. I think the York kit got robbed. I think the York kit could be B tier. Marty likes the York kit a lot. I think. Oh, I mean, I, it's 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 unique in the same way that Forge's kit is unique. I think they oh, deserve credit for that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. unique. Yeah. 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 yeah, uh, yeah. Fair enough. I think I think the standard is very high at the moment, though. That <laughs> is true. It's difficult. It is yes. very difficult, and we have to be we have to be harsh sometimes. <laughs> okay, Josh, before we let you go, you have obviously been watching this league and its kits from, from Macron for quite some time. If you were watching from, from the kit launch in April yeah. 2019, um, which kit across all of them? I, I, I hate to hazard a guess. How many kits would we have? Like maybe 25, somewhere between 25 I'd, and 30? I, I say so, yeah. I'd yeah, so, so. Wh- which one is your absolute favorite? Uh, I like Forges from last season, actually. That was their league winning shirt as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think that was great. Um, 
everything down to sort of um, the detailing, but Tim Horton's logo, I think, you know, adds to it. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do. I mean, sometimes a, lo- a sponsor can make a breaker kit, and I really yeah. like that one. Um, so I'd go, uh, I'd go Forges from last season. Yeah, especially if you're, I mean, if you're not from Canada, just having Tim Hortons on the front of a kit is, would be pretty entertaining, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks for wrapping up the 2021 CPL Community Kits produced by Macron.